following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Earthling. Uh, His Highness the Jackal. The Jackal. I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of Virginia. I think Jackal's a Latino. I'm not sure, but he'll give it to you, sir. The Jackal. Song. Welcome everybody to Inside the Jackal's Head, right here live on PSN-Radio.com. Hopefully everybody's having a grand old time, a good evening. Guys, this is uh, July 5th, 2020, and hopefully everybody is staying coronavirus free. COVID-19 is uh, still uh, up in uh, our neck of the woods down here in Florida, and it's uh, not doing good. It's actually spiking really bad, so... Hopefully everybody is staying safe and sound and uh, corona-free, and everybody could uh, have a, a good time tonight. We have Robert Morningstar, who's going to be joining the show later on tonight, and uh, I look forward to having Robert on all the time. He's a good, good friend of the show, and uh, somebody who we love having on. Now, the reason I played the uh, Star Spangled Banner at the very beginning of the show here uh, was to uh, kind of uh, go with what yesterday was, which is the 4th of July. And uh, a beautiful day indeed, Fourth of July weekend. Uh, you know, this is uh, a holiday that we've been celebrating for a long time, guys, for a very long time in this country, right? Now, all of a sudden, to celebrate it is called racist. I don't know if you guys have followed what's been happening over in the uh, Autonomous Zone, uh, a.k.a. Chop Chop. If you guys have been following what's been happening all over the news in the last couple of weeks with all the protests and the riots and stuff, I'm sure you have, yeah, especially if you've been listening to this show here. It's uh, it's getting ugly out there, folks, and now they want to, not only are they turned down statues, they want to claim that Mount Rushmore is somehow racist and that speaking in front of Mount Rushmore is a racist thing to do. That's the new uh, thing now. So let me get this straight. Our founding forefathers... Who, uh, yeah, probably had some racist issues, uh, in their, uh, time, and, uh, I'm sure a few of them, uh, owned slaves. Guess what? A lot of them did. It's an unfortunate fact, it's a reality, and one we all have to deal with. Very unfortunate. But, it is a reality, folks. And, uh, one that we can never escape, sadly enough. So, you know, 
we can't just tear down everything that we've had for for hundreds of years here. What we have to do is learn from our history, so we don't, you know, we're not condemned to repeat the same mistakes our forefathers made, right? So we are not condemned to repeat the same errors that these people made. So we're not condemned by anything that they might have done that caused pain and sorrow and harm and caused uh, issues in this country. Uh, that's why we have historical things. That's why we have history, so we learn from it. And uh, the oligarchy that is out there, the uh, powers that be, are all trying to tear down our history. And the, I found it amusing, and I was uh, you know, thinking really hard about how to like present this. Uh, you know, especially given uh, the climate that we're in right now. Uh, but I find it very amusing that out of 11 statues that Nancy Pelosi signaled out to be torn down, most of them, nine of them, were of Democrats, okay, and the Republicans you know, that were in the statues were Abraham Lincoln was one of them? Are you serious? The guy who freed the slaves? The proclamation, uh, you know, I mean, he did so much in his time. For him to, you know, be uh, destroyed, his image, his statues, his legacy is ridiculous. And uh, it's spreading all over the place, this uh, whole Black Lives Matter uh, mantra. Is breaking up all over the place, and it's uh, it's sad that this is happening, folks, to our country because it's not the sentiment of Black Lives Matter because all lives matter, white, black, Asian, doesn't matter what color skin you are, what heritage, where you came from, none of that matters to me. Shouldn't matter to you either. You know what should matter? That we're all human beings. That's what should matter. And in this world of human beings, when you see certain things that happen, it scratches, you know, it makes you scratch your head. It, it really scratches and boggles the mind as to how these things could happen. And, uh, you know, we have in the uh, CHOP zone this past uh, week, we had uh, a 16 and a 19-year-old kid killed. Okay, this is in Seattle. The same, the same place that the mayor was saying a, a couple of days ago was the summer of love, right? Y'all remember that? Mayor Jenny Durkin, I believe is her name. Jenny. Why do you say that, Jenna? Because it's the summer of love. Well, uh, she, you know, this uh, this uh, mayor, if you want to call her that, Jenny Durkin, has blood in her hands. Now, how does she have blood in her hands? Two teenagers shot dead. Innocent teenagers. 19-year-old Lorenzo Anderson killed by gunfire, in her so-called summer of love. And I have audio of uh, the father of this young man, and 
Uh, I'll tell you what, if nothing else in life ever moves you, listen to a father who lost his son. That kind of stuff, you know, it moves you. When you consider the fact that uh, this kid was just trying to get home in the middle of what could only be called an attack on our nation and an attack by criminals in our nation. And he's not the only one. A 16-year-old kid, Antonio Mays Jr., was just named as another victim a few days ago. So now we have two teenagers, okay, who are shot dead in the so-called summer of love. Now, I don't know about you folks, but that doesn't sound like there's a whole lot of love happening. On the contrary, it sounds like uh, this is a disaster. That's what this is. But this is what you would expect when you have incompetence running the show. When you have people that don't have your best interest running the show, this is what happens, folks. This is what happens when you have extremist Democrats in power. You've seen it. I mean, it doesn't have to uh, hit you over the head, does it? Is it going to have to get to that point where you're literally having to be beaten over the head with this kind of stuff so you can understand just how messed up this whole thing is? When children are dying, literally, and this is not uh, Alexandria Ocasio, uh, Fake Tez, or the, the Fraud Squad saying it. Okay, this is literally two teenage kids in Seattle's chop zone, dead. And what really gets me about the clip I'm going to play in a, in a couple minutes is not only could this have been avoided, guys, all these shootings and all these things could be avoided, obviously, uh, but not only could this have been avoided, um... But it's getting no coverage, really. Other than, you know, some of the people like Hannity who have talked about it and uh, has done a, a really, uh, I, I would say, a, a hands-on job himself in providing content for what's really going on here. And uh, God bless him, because he's really done a really uh, good job at at least allowing these people to, to speak and, and address what's happening to them. And uh, as a human being, it should touch everybody's heart uh, to realize that this could be your son, your daughter, right? Your kids stuck somewhere. And now they're the victims. And you can't do nothing about it. Think about that. You know, we're taught to defend our children by all costs and to 
defend our homes, but now you can't even do that. We have other reports coming out, uh, and this one, and it's another one that really just, it should infuriate anybody who's looking at the news. We have a white couple in, the, in Michigan, and uh, they're getting out of a restaurant, and a black lady's coming in with her kids, and somehow somebody bumps into somebody. It doesn't matter. Okay, um, they started recording immediately, so you have pretty much everything that happened, and in the video, it's as clear as day who the aggressors are and who the non-aggressive people are. Okay, and the report that has been on the media it's been so horrific so like horrific I was going to say it before but it's been so horrific one-sided and ridiculous that it should really leave you scratching the like the middle point of your brain at this point with like a two by four because this is a no-brainer guys and this is being reported as a white woman who was filmed pulling a gun on a black woman in a restaurant parking lot. That's how they, they're reporting this, okay? Now, according to what's happening here, the white lady and her husband were coming out of the restaurant. The black lady and her kids were going into the restaurant. One of the daughters bumped into the white lady, turns around and says, Excuse you. And the white lady says, Excuse me, excuse you. And then the, the one of the other daughters, or I guess the mom picked up her phone, or somebody picked up her phone and started recording the whole thing. And you see pretty much the entire incident where the white lady is simply telling her, I, I'm just trying to get to my car. Can I please leave in peace? I'm just trying to leave. And she's not being allowed. And then you have the, uh, the black lady yell, I'll beat your white ass too, you ignorant racist, at her husband. Her husband who has not said a word the entire time. And he comes around from the driver's side because he, he had no idea what was happening until it just blew up in his face. And he comes out of the car from the driver's side and he's like, what the hell's going on? And he goes and opens the door for his wife. And the, and he's staying quiet the whole time in the video. And the black lady's yelling and screaming in his face, calling him a racist, ignorant, and you hear that in the background, you're ignorant, you're so ignorant. Wait a second. When did this become that all of a sudden now, people feel the urge to just use words like ignorant, racist, they just throw it around like it means nothing. I mean, this not only it devalues the words themselves, which should mean something. When somebody does something blatantly racist, I'm Latin. I'll point that shit out every day. If somebody actually does something that deserves to be called out. I don't care what color you are. If you do something that you deserve to get called out, guess what? I'm going to call you out on it. And I'm going to say what it is. And if you're being a racist, you're being a racist.
In no moment in that video is that woman being a racist. None whatsoever. But I want to play that also. I'm going to play the audio because obviously I can't play uh, the video on audio. And uh, I, I see we got our uh, technical issue worked out. Thanks, Petey. And um, so I, w I want to play the audio of uh, this clip so you guys can hear it. And you can hear the atrocities being yelled at this, uh, at this couple. And then in the video, the funniest thing happens. And you can't make this stuff up, folks. They literally are not only just blocking the entrance, okay, to the car. But they stand behind the car. So now, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that's called entrapment. You can call that uh, kidnapping. You can call it whatever you want to call it. Uh, but, you know, they should go to jail for that. Not the white couple. The white couple had done nothing at this point but try to leave in peace. And this is what they get. She got the gun on me. He about to hit me with the car. Call him. I'm telling. Get the, get the license plate. Get the license plate. Get, get the license plate now. Because you were never about to hit me with the damn car. Don't you they hit me with the car? Both of y'all put the guns down on me, okay? I got it. Don't you jump behind oh, me. No, no, I ain't jumping behind your car. with you now you hear that without watching the video and you're like oh my god somebody pulled a gun at oh my what an evil racist white woman watch the video forget the spin this is a video that they, they're showing people to spin it right and in the video it's very short clip you know, you see is a crazy-looking white woman with a gun to the face of this other person, right, who's recording the whole thing. That's the spin. That's the little clip that they show you to make the white couple look like racist. And you're in the background. Oh, look at that. They got the gun on me. Oh, man, there's a gun on me. So now, if you're at home and you're listening to this or you're watching this, you're probably like, yeah, that, that bitch is a racist. Why she pointed a gun at a black woman? What's that all about? Now, folks, let me tell you something. And this is where the content is very important in these kind of things. Okay? Here we have a situation where a black lady is one that's getting aggressive. There's an extended video, a long cut, which I'm going to play. I wanted to play that first so you could have an idea of how stupid this whole thing is. Okay? Now, I'm, I'm going to play the extended video in, in a second here. Okay? I, I really want everybody to hear the duration of this thing. Not just get the quick sound bite that might confuse you. They might leave you thinking, yeah, well, you know what, Angel, Jackal, they deserve it because they're white and they're racist. It's not always about being white and racist, folks, okay? Some things happen where, guess what, the white person might not be the one that's racist in that situation. This is one of them. The white lady, by the way, happens to be pregnant, 
it is uh, said that before they started recording, she tells her, I'm pregnant, I'm trying to get to my car. And in the video you hear, you see her holding her stomach as she's trying to get into the vehicle. And then you hear the, the black lady yelling and screaming and cursing and calling her ignorant and all kinds of stuff. Now, if you're pregnant and somebody is insulting you and getting in your face and threatening violence against you, and then they don't let you leave, and you're in fear for your life, and you're legally packing heat, because these uh, two people were not illegally carrying guns. No, these are legal gun owners. Okay, we're not talking about uh, Joe and Flo and uh, and and Jim, who have a, a shotgun in the back of their truck, and uh, they're coming out like you know from uh, IHOP or something, and uh, you know there's some good old boys and uh, a redneck or something, and they're like they're just looking to hunt black people. This is not what's happening here. These folks are traveling from out of state. They're traveling through. They stop to get a bite to eat. Legal carrying firearms. Okay, the lady is pregnant. This other lady is getting in her face because her daughter bumped into the white lady. And the black young girl says, excuse you. And the white lady says, excuse me, excuse you. And she keeps walking. And as she tries to walk, the mother rushes over and tells her, you just hit my daughter. And she gets it on her face. Now look. If I'm a parent somebody hits my kid, I'm going to get pissed. I understand that. But if the person is telling me she bumped into me, I'm pregnant, I'm just trying to get into my car, please let me leave. At that point, rational thinking, I don't care what color you are, what religion you are, what sexuality you claim, what alphabet community you fall into, if you're a Black Lives Matter supporter, if you're a KKK member, I don't care what you are. If a woman tells you that she's pregnant and she's just trying to get to her car, please let me leave, that should end the escalation right there. The person who continues to egg this on is a bully. Trying to bully a person who is weaker at this point because you're talking about a woman who's pregnant. Now, this is audio from the extended clip, folks. Check this out. Violate a 15-year-old. No, I'm asking a question. She's a she, child. She bumped into me when so I... So, she did something wrong. She needs to apologize. If she did this ignorant woman, this ignorant woman bumped into a 15-year-old. Correct. And you're on camera. Okay. You're feeling threatened. Okay, well, go in. No, Mom. I got, I got this. You're blocking me from getting no, out of my No, we weren't. No, we weren't. No, we weren't. You're ignorant. Go ahead, call them. No, we will. But you're not going to sit there and violate a 15 year old. She's ignorant. Do it. Do it. Go ahead. Do it. I want you to call the police. She's very ignorant. Yeah, I said it. You say something, I'll beat your white ass. Oh, I will. Do something. Please put your do something. Please. Who the f do you think you guys are? Uh, who do you, Wait, think who you are? are? You're white, think you are. You, you called you, her you, name? Yeah. She did nothing to yeah, you. I did it. I did it. No, you didn't. You're very racist and ignorant. You're racist because you're calling her No, you bumped it. She bumped it to me. Why would you bump her? No one's Why racist. would you bump her? No one's Why racist. Why would you bump her? No one's Why racist. Why would you bump her? No one's Why racist. Why would you bump her? No one's Why racist. Why would you bump her? No one's Why racist. Why would you bump
I Why care did you about say you. Sorry? I care Why about you. you and I'm sorry if you had an incident with me. If you someone made you feel like you that. Sorry? No one is racist. If you didn't, I'm sorry if you, you, you had something like that happen. Ignorance. Very. My watch. I want you to hear that thump. Let's try to stop there right there. I want you to, I'm going to go back a couple seconds. I want you to hear that thump. Check this out. Okay, that thump is literally the girls in the back of the car not allowing the car to move. All right? They moved back like two feet or three feet or something like that. And then she punches the car. Now, again, to me, that's kidnapping, right? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that is legit kidnapping. And as you heard in the video, the white couple's getting called ignorant, racist, and at one point, the the, the husband is uh, saying, she did nothing to you, what's your problem? And the black lady's like, I'll beat your white ass too. Now, that is not only just a threat, a violent threat, from a mother, of all things, okay? But it's racist, what she said. I'll beat your white ass too. Isn't racism when you bring down somebody based on their skin color or their race, and you use that? That's racist, right? So I want to know how this couple gets charged with self-defense and they're getting charged with assault. The police arrested the white couple who did nothing wrong. If you look at the video, they did absolutely nothing wrong. Nobody even got shot. Okay? The uh, black lady and her kids, they don't get shot. Nobody got shot here. What happened is, since they weren't being allowed to leave... The couple who was in the car already and were trying to leave but weren't allowed to because now you have people behind them and if they move back, they're going to hit them. The white lady gets out with her legal carrying firearm and says, move. At that point, you get the hell out of the way and you just let them leave. I mean, if you escalated to this point and now you're getting a gun pointed at you, that means that you're the goddamn problem. Yes. No, 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 no. Ma, stop walking. Hello? 
You know when the daughter says, Ma, stop walking. Because the lady's pointing a gun to your head and the black lady is still walking towards her and saying what she's saying. When you watch the video, I mean, it is as clear as night and day who the aggressors are in this video. And this is a problem that people are facing with not all black people are like this. I interact with people every day. Black, white, Latin, doesn't matter. I have rarely ever encountered this kind of problem with anybody. But there are people in this country, both white, black, Hispanic, who have this attitude of, I'm better than you, and you need to bow down to me. And that's an attitude that this black lady has. I've seen it with white folks, I've seen it with black folks, I've seen it with Latin folks. This is an attitude problem caused by mental issues, folks. That mother suffered from some sort of mental psychosis, and she's given it to her kids who are following in her footstep. I mean, if you, if you listen to her daughter and the crap that's coming out of her mouth, that's why you're having all these kids protesting rioting, looting, because of real ignorance from parents like that, that are all, they don't know how to raise their children. Okay, this is not a white or a black thing. It just turns out, well, in, in this video it's a white lady and a black lady, but in general it's not a white or a black thing. This happens across the board. It's an entitlement issue. It's a mentality issue. It's a mental health problem. I guarantee you that mother of those kids has mental problems. She takes medication of some sort. And I'm going to just say it. Somebody has to say it. And I'm great with words like Mr. Trump. I'm going to say it right now. That lady is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And when you watch the video, it becomes very clear. Now, listen to the father in Seattle. Okay, this is from Hannity. Uh, it's a long clip. I'm going to play a little part of it only because I want you guys to really pay attention to what he says. Uh, but I'm not going to play the entire clip because, you know, we have uh, Robert Morning start coming in on the uh, second hour here. And, uh, you know, we're going to have a lot of, uh, I'm sure, of, you know, his uh, input on this uh, subject and on the other uh, shooting and uh, that happened this week and the uh, non-shooting and uh, the clip I just played in uh, the, from Detroit and uh, Michigan. And uh, the other uh, incident that happened where the uh, the couple of uh, Mikowski or whatever the name is, uh, the, the lawyer couple, had their uh, gates broken into. I mean, seriously, a mob breaks into your gates in your residential area, private residential area, and you know these people have been mobbing, protesting, rioting, and what do you do? You sit there and you let yourself get killed? No, folks, you, you protect yourself. 
right? That's that's what you should do. You protect yourself. Those people are going uh, in in front of a judge now because they pulled a gun on a mob that was coming in to damage their home, probably burn it down. So now, what do you you're supposed to let these rioters burn everything you built down? Because if not, you're a racist. That's what this country is leading to. It is ridiculous. Again, nobody got shot and killed in that other incident. But yet they're being held and might face five years in prison. Can you believe this? For self-defense and defending your neighbor and defending your house, your property that you build with legally carrying firearms, which is in our Constitution, they want to charge this couple with assault. Like they assaulted innocent protesters. They broke into the damn residential area. That's not innocent, folks. What happened in Chap or Chaz or whatever is, you know, not people that are innocent. These are people that are actively trying to destroy this country from within. Antifa, Black Lives Matter, you name it. These are people that are working for other people that are doing this behind the scenes and feeding a a mob of either paid actors to get people stirred up. Uh, there's a lot of a lot going on. And for those who don't know, because I have a lot of friends uh, that are black, and they're like, "Whoa, Jackal! You know how can you say these things, man? You know, like how can you be against Black Lives Matter?" I'm like, I'm not against the sentiment that Black Lives Matter because. All lives matter, black, white, kids, Asians, dogs, cats, every life, all humans, all species, this planet matters. The human race matters, you matter, I matter, everybody matters, right? What I'm against is the organization that's been built up. Because if you guys don't know yet, and I guarantee you, if you do your own legwork on this, you'll figure it out. Black Lives Matter, the organization, feeds a company called Act Blue. And I've said this before, and I'll keep hammering into your heads. And to you folks listening, pay attention. Go to the Black Matters website, where they ask you to donate money, right? It goes to Act Blue. Act Blue feeds the money to Joey Nadler, Adam Schiff, Nancy Pelosi, AOC, the Fraud Squad, Democrats. It doesn't go to rebuild black neighborhoods, which they're destroying and tearing, tearing down. It doesn't go there. It goes to feed... The very evil institution that's trying to take over this country. Okay, and it, it look, I used to vote liberal. I used to uh, be a Democrat years ago. The reason I changed the party and I left that party is because I saw the writing on the wall. They were being taken over by evil. It started when they started it alone, and I'm going to say it, and a lot of people don't want to say it because they're scared. They're scared of being killed. They're scared of being chased or being harassed. The Liberal Party went to shit 
when they got overtaken by the Muslim Brotherhood and the Muslims. There, that's the big elephant in the room, guys. That is what destroyed the Democratic Party. When they started allowing these people to get in the party, and by the way, the Socialist Democrats, which all ran by the Muslim Brotherhood, when they started getting into that party, the extremists took over. Then you have the Socialist Democrats ran by the Young Jerks or the Young Turks or whatever you want to call them. And they have put people like AOC in power. She didn't win her election. She's a fraud. All these people are frauds. This is a, a Trojan horse, folks, and we're living right through the middle of the Trojan horse exploding. And unless we, the people of this country, don't do something come election time, we're going to lose this country. 100%. But I want you to hear the difference between a father who lost his son in the chop zone compared to this ignorant mother who is calling another person ignorant who's just trying to get away in peace. Joining us now. He's the father of the young man we mentioned earlier, uh, Horace Lorenzo Anderson. He was murdered in Seattle's chop zone. Uh, autonomous zone or summer free love zone on June the 20th. Horace Lorenzo Anderson Sr. is with us along with a family rep who is the executive director of Not This Time. Andre Taylor is with us. Uh, sir, I, I speak for everyone I know watching this program tonight. We are so sorry for the loss of your son. And I, I don't know how one, I'm a father who has a, a son that's 21 and a daughter that's 18, right around the age of your son. And this happened, and what, 10 days ago, and the city still didn't do anything to protect its citizenry. Your thoughts, sir? I think they should have just been... Man, it, this, I mean, it's incredible. You know, my son's 19, you know, I mean, they should have been did something about this a long time ago. And I don't, you know, like I said, I'm not, I understand Black Lives Matter and everything was going on and everything, but that's not my movement right now. My movement is let them know that was my son. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Horace Lorenzo Anderson was my son. That I, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not with all this, whatever's going on. Politics or nothing. None of that. I don't know nothing about that. I don't even know nothing about that. All I know is this is my son and I love him. And I've been having him, man, it's been my son, and this is incredible. And I don't know, that should have been gone a long time ago. He has a concern about um, yes, the fact that he was never, uh, no one ever came and spoke Nobody to him. Nobody ever. I never talked to, when I, the day I found, only way I found out, I see my son the night before he passed away. He was on the couch, I seen him, and he was like he was about to go to sleep. I, I, I'd seen him, I laughed at him, we tickled a little bit, he stayed with me all day, you know, because he stays with me anyway, that's my guy. And we laughed, and I said, I'm going to sleep. I went to sleep, and only way I found out was just two of his friends, just two friends that just happened to be up there, and they came and told me they weren't even from Seattle. Now, mind you, I haven't heard the police department, they never came. My son's address, his ID, him personally, you know, him as a person, he still had, somebody should have came, knocked on my door, and still to this day should have been like,
coming to talk to me and let me know about my son. To this day, I really, I don't know nothing. I'm just still sitting it, here. I haven't heard nothing from nobody. Ain't nobody you, well, contacted you, you, me. You haven't heard from the from mayor? You, you haven't heard from the mayor? You haven't heard from the governor? You didn't hear from anybody? I haven't heard from the mayor. I haven't heard from the police department. I just now recently, just because we went on TV, they reached out to me and let me know what they're what they're doing now. But my son's been, you know, he's been deceased now for, what, two, two weeks, somewhere in there? I don't even remember. I'm just so, my days is like, every day is like, every day, it's, it's the same day. So it's like... I'm confused and I'm, I'm, you know, but I understand that, you know, whatever's going on. But even at the time, even when my son passed away, when I went to the hospital, there was there was no detectives there. There was no there was nobody there, no media there. There was nothing. He was nobody. He was just like I was, we was just there and we just sat there. And I said, man, why are we sitting here? There's nobody else here. It's like they didn't care. It didn't matter. I haven't heard from the mayor. I haven't heard from the police department. I haven't from no no city and nobody. Nobody. Only thing I heard from is what you guys is hearing from me now. That's it. You know, I watched. I, I saw this picture. Yeah. Then I, I looked for the video. This is a picture of you. I'm holding up. It was in the Daily Wire. And what I see in this picture, if, you know, if we can pan in close, if we can't, I understand. What I saw in this picture was a, a fellow father with a son around the same age as my son and, and about the same age as my daughter. And then I read the article and I read what you said. And you actually said, you're not sleeping. You could see my eyes have been crying. Uh, I'm not, I'm trying not to cry on TV. And then you, you went on and you yeah. explained how you could not understand how they allowed this lawlessness to go on. Now you're taking it to an entirely new level. Nobody had the decency to call you and I assume you no heard one. the mayor out there calling this the summer of love and the media reporting it as a festive they zone and one big me. block party yeah to this day right now they still haven't called me right now I've been on TV they still haven't called me hasn't nobody hasn't called me and they haven't reached out to be like my condolence um, um, nothing I don't I don't understand I just I never understood you know all I know is now they're acting now. This is today. This is three weeks later. If I would, I think if, if I would have never even came on TV, that would still be going on right now. Let me just say, uh, Hannity, um, I don't want to make this no kind of political statement. Or political you can say, you can say really anything you want, that. sir. Um, sir, you can say anything you want on yes, my show. Yes. You can yes. criticize me. I don't care. Well, I, I, just, I, I, I want this to no, stop. I, I don't need to criticize you. You were very gracious. He was very gracious in offering your condolences. If nobody else yeah, have, yes. you offered yours, and, and, and that's not a political statement. Yes. You compared his situation to your own with your daughter's, and that's big. That means something, and I appreciate you for that. But what I don't want to do is get into who's this and who's the fault and who that, because we don't really know. CHOP, yeah. I believe, should have been... Uh, dismantled at least a week before. Yes. Uh, when the first violence happened, we should have looked at it a little differently, and um, and that wasn't done because I understand navigating in a time in our country that from the George Floyd situation, people were a little bit hesitant on how to act and not to be the one to feel like they're trying to put down young people's voices, and uh, so I understand that as well. I just want to let you know personally beyond all the politics, that I appreciate how you reached out to Horace 
and you said how you understood his condition. I think that's real big of you, and I apologize, and I appreciate that too. Yes, you know, I it, appreciate it, it too because that's probably the only thing I've ever heard from anybody that's. I've, I've never heard that from anybody else. You yeah. know, and I, I, you know, that's heartbreaking. We're on TV, and I, I've never been on TV, so I don't know how to be on yeah. TV. But my son was a child of special needs. He was born at 25 weeks. You know, so. You know, they compare him, they trying to want to put him just do that, but, you know, he was a child, he had, you know, developmental delays, you know what I'm saying? So he's easily to manipulate, you know, you can tell him something, come on, he'll come on, you know, he's one of those type of childs, you know. That are very influenced by others. Yeah, easily, easily influenced, you know what I'm saying? Easily. He was sitting on my couch, I went to bed, I seen my son. When I left that night, I'd seen him, I came home, I seen him, I went to and I seen him and I just said, I love you, man, I'm going to sleep. And you know that everything else is just seems like a blur. Yeah, I don't even, man, I'm yeah. numb. I'm still numb today. I, I got to bury my son tomorrow, you know, and it's just been a lot going on. And my whole thing and my whole life is, man, this is incredible. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I, I still this day, I, it's been almost two weeks. I haven't heard from nobody. Has yeah. nobody called? They still ain't, ain't nobody called me or try to find me and his ID is my ID so his number is my number so they can it's easy to come for the you know, detective say hey excuse me knock on my door excuse me let me tell you what happened about your, about son, your son or let me I don't know nothing I had to find my son they wouldn't even let me see my son that night it took me a whole week before I can see my son and then well, let me just say well, 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 let me hey, just say Mr. that Anderson, he's in trauma on. right well, now Mr. Know, Anderson yes you didn't you weren't yes. allowed to see your son for a week Please, I, I, you, they wouldn't let me. Oh. I went to the hospital, and they said that they we couldn't see him. They just said we couldn't see him. There was now, my, my, my you know, when I go there, I'm going there. I'm looking for a detective. Somebody tell me something, something. But when I get there, there's nobody. I mean, the hospital is blank. There's it's it's silence. I'm going like. What's going on? It's, it, you know, so I go ask the lady and she tells me, hold on. So I wait. They, I couldn't go in. So I'm waiting for a long time. And I finally, she tells me to come in. And then she, the doctor come tells me only, only thing he tells me is my son's deceased. I'm like, well, can I see him? Is it, is it my son? Cause you got to realize, you know, at this time I'm going like, is it really my son? You know, I want to know, is it my son? Mm-hmm. You know, cause this could be somebody else's child, you know, but you know, you know, I'm, in my head, I'm going like, yeah, it's mine because everybody's seeing this. But in my heart, I'm going like, you know, I just need I, I, I need to see him for, you know, I need to see him one time. Just so just to make so I can see him. I couldn't see him that day. It took that was Saturday. It took all the way till what Thursday. I just seen him just last week, just Thursday. And they, they had to whatever they did to him and make him so they presentable, whatever it was. But I need to, you know, I got to finally see him, and I, and then my, you know, in my heart, I, I knew it was, it was my son. Now this is my son, cause, you know, I wouldn't want nobody else's son. And man, this is incredible. These kids and the kids that passed, whatever, what happened the other day, you know, all this on this child, man, this is incredible. These are kids, man. I'm 50 years old, man. These are these are kids, man. They should have been stopped just a long time ago. It's starting to get. Excuse me, but it, it's getting to a point, you know, where, you know, it's getting. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. 
<laughs> Guys, that is heartbreaking. If you watch that video in its entirety, I, I guarantee you, it doesn't matter if you're a grown man, if you're a woman, if you're a child, that's going to bring you to tears. Here's a father who's done everything right in his life. He's been there for his kids, and now he has to bury his youngest child, who's a special needs kid. Because the mayor of Seattle did not do her job. She called it the summer of love. We, when we go vote, folks, we need to remember the summer of love. And we need to remember the names of all the players involved in these areas. Because the only way that you stop this kind of nonsense is by voting these people out of power. These people don't love us, they don't care about us, they want to destroy this country. And they want to destroy families like that one right there. Anybody out there who's listening to that, it should really just, you know, move you. I mean, if you're a human being, that should move you. It doesn't matter if you're white, black, Asian, Hispanic. It doesn't matter what race you are. If you lose your child, your loved one, your parent, uh, and something like this to gun violence, which is avoidable completely on an area that should be, you know, an area that should be safe by all accounts. All because the mayor and Congress people did not do their job and they allowed this to happen and now they're trying to flip the switch on the president and it's disgusting, folks. These people have blood on their hands and they deserve and they deserve to uh, pay for it. Now, with me in this uh, hour, uh, the the guest on the on the show and somebody who of course uh, we you know we love on the network here is one of the uh, the best when it comes to these kind of topics because he's always on top of everything. The one and only Mr. Robert D Morningstar. And Robert, you know, this is a, a turbulent time for this country right now. It's just a, a, a you know, a, a time that makes you really think, you know, what the hell is happening to America? And I know you feel the same way, my friend. Thank you for being here. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a, it's always nice to be with you, Angel. We go back so many years, and we've seen this thing evolving, and I warn people about, the, you know, as I say, coming events cast their shadows before them. You know, when we practice Tai Chi, try to feel the shadow before the object hits, and we try to warn people. Uh, just a note on the topic of Hannity's interview with Mr. Anderson and Mr. Taylor. As I was saying before the show began, I had the privilege of seeing that entire interview live, and I was moved. I was actually transformed. My heart was moved to a new, another level of feeling, of love, of understanding. And I think it's a historic interview. I think that Hannity, Mr. Anderson, and Mr. Taylor changed the history of race relations. They put a lie to, they put the lie to the big lie of white supremacy and white bigotry. Hannity's heart was so big and so compassionate it enveloped that tragedy, and all of us who saw it and who are seeing it now know that that is real and true humanity, that is real and true love, 
love of your fellow man, love of your country. And I, I honestly believe that the more that video and audio is played, the better race relations will become. And so I think that Hannity changed history and a whole new era of race relations and understanding is unfolding in the aftermath of Mr. Anderson's heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking testimony. And, of, and Mr. Taylor, his lawyer, all of us, you know, all of us were moved to a new level of humanity. And, you know, in Tai Chi, you know, I practiced Tai Chi this July 1st, the 48th anniversary of practicing Tai Chi. And my, when they asked my teacher, Professor Cheng, why do you study Tai Chi? He said, I'm just trying to become a human being, meaning that he his definition of humanity is far higher than what we take. You know, it's not just two arms, two legs, bipedal form and a head on top. Right. It's, it, you know, a man without a conscience is an animal. Correct. And that's not an insult. I'm talking about cases, for example, of the, the wolf children of India. Mm-hmm. Wolves in India would steal children and raise them as wolves. And there are many famous cases where they came upon the wolf boy or the wolf man, but not like Bello, not like Lon Chaney, just right. <laughs> reared, reared in the wild. And these people had all of the senses and all of the intelligence of a wolf. Correct. And they took this wolf boy into um, an institution. He could sm- he could smell raw meat, you know, three hundred feet away, and he would start to bay. And they tried, you know, they bring them back as as close as possible. But the point I'm making is that if a human being does not hum- have humanity raising him. He is basically a wild animal. Exactly. And this gets to what I was saying on the first hour. I don't know how much of it you heard, Robert. Uh, But, you know, this is a systematic thing that's happening in this country where people are just becoming animals to each other for no reason. We hear, you know, I played a clip of uh, the incident in Michigan where we have the white couple coming out of the restaurant and the black lady and her kids coming in. And they bump into each other. In a civilized human society, we would say, excuse me, I'm sorry, and we walk away. And that's it. End of story. Here, we have a a young girl who turns around and says, excuse you, with attitude, and starts to instigate something further that really shouldn't have gone to that point. And then the mother, instead of being a mother and trying to, like, you know, de-escalate the situation, makes things worse. Right. And starts yelling and screaming and cursing in front of her kids. So this is the the wolf syndrome here. The mother's the mama wolf teaching right. her kids to be ignorant, stupid, and accusing people yeah. of racism when there's been no racism whatsoever. So now let me let me ask: If you're a, a person who's black and I accidentally bump into you, now I'm a racist. Because I bumped into you, is that where we're going with now? So now, I mean, do we have to be like, I'm sorry, sir, uh, I didn't mean to bump into you. Do you want me to you know, get on my knees and kiss your feet? Is that yeah. the society that these uh, folks want us to live? And this is not across the board with just black people. This is across the board with all people. And it's white, black, 
Hispanic. This is a mentality, an elitist mentality that has to do well, a lot of times with mental illness and bad parenting and conditioning. And, and it jumps right into what you're saying with the uh, wolf syndrome. Bad parenting, yeah, mental you know, issues, the wolf syndrome. Training. They're training people to be instigators. Correct. Uh, there's, you know, pacifier, a person who makes peace, calms things down. But instigators and inflamers, they're being taught to, to escalate every little incident. I had an incident like that in the New York subways. I, I was traveling uh, downtown during this quarantine period, and I had to take a shuttle. And, you know, the shuttle in, in Times Square, is, it's a mob of people switching from one line that's north-south to a, one single line that's east-west to get you to the east side. So anyway, a lot of people, you know, are, are making way. And I was walking behind this um, this lady with a baby carriage, uh, an African-American lady with a baby carriage and a little boy. And as I walked by, as I was catching up to them, I saw him shove an older white lady that was, um, in the, you know, walking slowly. It wasn't stopped, right? Shoved him. Then I walked by him and he shoved me. I had, I had no interaction. He just shoved me, he elbowed me. And I said, hey, watch it, kid. And she says, the mother says to me, to him, did that man just push you? Did that man just push you? Yeah. And she asked that question. The little old lady who had been pushed didn't hear that man. She she heard, just heard, did she push you? And she said, no. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see her. And I said to the lady, I said, she didn't push anybody. Your son pushed both of us. And she says, I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. Stop talking to me. You know, this is aggression. Oh, man. Yeah. This is yeah. every, you look at a person, it's aggressive. Yep. You know, you say, excuse me, it's aggressive. It's, I think you hit the nail right on the head. I'm afraid to say that Antifa and Black Lives Matter have driven a large segment of the black population into a deep neurosis and many of them are suffering mental illness based on hatred. Yes. There's no basis for that because white people do not hate black people. It's the biggest lie there is. The proof that America is not racist and not bigoted is the fact that they elected Barack Obama twice to the White House. I, I voted for, for I yeah. voted for Obama I by the way. I I'm I'm glad you did because you know yeah. America needed to prove to itself that it is not racist and give the other guy a chance. He had two chances and he blew both of them. Right? Correct. I didn't vote for yeah. Obama not because he was black, but because he is a communist. He's a hardcore Marxist. I would have voted for Herman Cain, God bless the man. He's in the, uh, I believe he's hospitalized. Yeah, he's very ill. Yeah. I would have voted for any number of black candidates. Rick Scott, there's an eminent person. You know, the senator from South Carolina who tried to put, push through this mm -hmm. police reform bill that yeah. the Democrats killed. The Democrats are out of control. They want to overthrow the United States government, our 
constitution, our culture, and our way of life. They want to turn the United States into South Africa using the same techniques that they used to destroy a first, a first, um, a first world nation. An industrialized, successful first world nation has been decimated. That is a really important word uh, because they are openly killing white people in South Africa and the racist government of South Africa issued a warning last year that white Africans should get out of Africa because it's going to be open season after, well, it's after July, January 1st. In Africa, they are murdering white farmers and the police, when five people are murdered in on a white farm, they only list the death of the, of the farmer as a killing to minimize the statistics. So the world is being driven to insanity by Marxism. Marxism, Chinese driven mm -hmm. in our in our time, formerly yep. Russia, China yeah. is driving Marxism around the world in the hopes of con conducting a global Marxist revolution. And this COVID-19 pandemic of their doing is part of the plan to destroy all cultures, to destroy all history. That's where we stand today. But Americans are standing up against it. We're not falling for it. The differences between Africa, South Africa and the United States is that in the United States, African Americans comprise 12% of the population and the rest 88.3% actually. Is but but here, but here, but here's the thing, though, and and while that percentage is low compared to the rest, the problem is, Robert, and this is the issue that I've been seeing is we've been letting in so many Middle Eastern people into this country, and now Australia is stopping that. Other countries are stopping the not just Middle Eastern, Muslim Middle Eastern okay. extremist. Okay. And they're not only not only they're coming to the country, they're getting into Congress, they're getting into uh, you know police, sure. they're getting into the FBI, they're getting in everywhere. This is a systematic takeover from within, which right. happening right now. Right, right. I'm glad you mentioned it because what we are seeing is a black Muslim revolution being inflamed by. Antifa. I Correct. said this quite openly the other day. Listen, there are a lot of evil white people on an agenda, a New World Order agenda. And there are a lot of evil white people driving black people into madness to use yep. them, to use them yeah. as pawns, as useful idiots. That's not an insult. That's a historical term that goes back to Lenin and Trotsky their description of naive people who could be persuaded to go their way and to be used as useful idiots to create martyrs for the revolution. I was predicting this martyrs for the revolution scenario for the last two years. And it just happens that Mr. George Floyd turned out to be the icon. You know, George Floyd was a criminal. Nobody deserves to die that way. Nobody. But 
George Floyd was not an angel. And now they've taken him, hijacked his life, his legend, rewriting it. They put a Castro uniform on his portrait and angel wings on his portrait over there. He's St. Floyd now. You know what I'm saying? This is going to be funny, and you're probably going to end up seeing this in our lifetime. San Diego's going to be renamed to St. Floyd. Think about that. Another point. Richard Brooks. Look, we all saw Richard Brooks attack two police officers. And one thing that people don't know is that he sees that taser during the scuffle. You know, if you saw him and said, wow, what a strong guy. He flipped that cop with one wrist. Well, he did. He flipped the cop with one wrist and a taser. He grabbed the taser during the scuffle and he fired uh-huh. it point blank. He fired it point blank at that at the other cop, the one who didn't shoot at him, and he left him stunned. That's why yeah. that guy didn't, didn't run after him. He Correct. Couldn't. He had just been tased. And when Brooks turned around, he was trying to aim that taser directly at Officer Rolf's head. And folks, a taser, a taser is a gun. It's a, a deadly taser. weapon when it hits the head, especially. It's a, it's a, it's, um, it's a weapon um, that fires exactly like a gun, except it shoots two needles in, instead of the bullet. Right. And when you fire that at somebody's head with a 50,000-volt charge behind it, you know, you're shooting to kill. Yeah, so it's I'm a wreck. Yeah. I'm very sorry that he died, but he should have had more sense. And we saw him. They were talking. He, he failed his DWI test. They said, excuse me, you're under arrest. He went to put on the handcuffs. And then he started throwing punches and fists. And Now, I think that Mr. Rolf, the police officer, is getting a bum rap. He is being railroaded. Correct. Has, and it's going to fail, believe me. Rolf is not going to be convicted. Uh, for I don't. I don't know, Robert. And I'll tell you why I, don't, I say I don't know because right now the way it, you know, especially in that area, the people yeah. running that area are very pro-Black Lives Matter. They're very anti-police, anti-government until anti-white. something happens to them. Right? Anti-white. Now, here's the thing. I agree 100. percent The officer is wrongly uh, imprisoned right now. He should not be in jail. Uh, what happened to Mr. Brooks is 100% his own doing. Listen, this again goes to the mentality where, you know, uh, I'm better than you, and, you know, what are you trying to do put me in jail, putting me in jail? This is a man who hours before had testified, or a couple of days before had testified because he's on probation. Okay, he, not only was he on probation, he's testifying because he's going to be on trial for battery. Okay, and he is drunk, and he's been driving, and he's sleeping in a drive-through. The officer, the entire time, and for those who don't know the story, you have to hear the, the this part because the media leaves this out. They just say white cop kills black pedestrian or black person at Wendy's. Okay, that's not what happened here. The white officer, Mr. Rolfi, and the other officer were 
very polite the entire time. They're polite, they're cordial, they're nice. In fact, the, even uh, Mr. Brooks going back and forth, everybody is like, you do not expect this at all until yeah. the moment he says, we have to put the handcuffs on and we got to take him to jail because you failed your breathalyzer. He filled the breathalyzer while he's on probation. So he knows when he goes to jail, he's fucked. But here's yeah. the thing. He brings it on himself. He went drinking yeah. and driving, falls asleep yeah. behind the wheel, and then fights a cop and then shoots one with a taser and aims the other one at the head of the other cop and tries to kill him as he's running away from him. Yeah. Folks, you know this is a no-brainer. The lack of common sense. The person that I blame for this tragedy is the Wendy's operator who called the cops on a sleeping man. Imagine what would have happened if that Wendy's operator had just taken the time to open the door, go over to the window. Hello. Hey, hey, man, you're asleep. You know, uh, uh, can I help you? No, yeah. apparently they, they did, but the, the guy didn't, like, respond. That's why they called the cops, because they thought he might have been dead in the car. Oh, here's another thing. <laughs> so, and then they burned down. They burned down the Wendy's, Robert. They burned down the Wendy's. I mean, a white woman. A white woman burned down the Wendy's, man. Are you kidding me? Like, let's be clear on that. Yes, they burned down the Wendy's. <laughs> the FBI, the, the FBI arrested a big, fat, ugly Antifa type, dressed in yeah. black, smiling as she was setting the fires. Right. So, folks, let's you know, let's not blame the black folks for everything. This is why no. I said evil white people. I'm telling you. No, it, it's funny. I, I was listening to uh, look. I was listening to the Schnitt show earlier tonight, and uh, th this is funny, Robert. Uh, he had a clip I was, I was trying to find online, but I couldn't find it. But he played it on the show that uh, had um, a march for Black Lives Matter, and everybody was white. Yeah, and yeah, and there were from and, and, and there was all white Antifa types, by the way. And then there's a couple of black folks that showed up, and they're like. Why y'all marching Black Lives Matter? Y'all white. The hell's wrong with you people? Right. You know, and the ones <laughs> that are asking me what's wrong with you people are those righteous, honest, hardworking African Americans who see through the propaganda and the lies. Correct. The, the propaganda and the mind control has been imposed on both races. And a whole group of, of white people... I don't like the word white, man, because I'm not white, you know? And you're not, and they're not black. No, you know? unless you're albino or charcoal. <laughs> the point is, they have fallen for this Marxist trick of that shames you and makes you feel guilty for things you never did, you know? And to judge the founding fathers by the morality and the standards that we have today is unfair. It's unfair because... Morality, ethics, and law have been evolving over the centuries. And you cannot judge George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, or Booker T. Washington on the attitudes and the cultural values that we assume today. It was very, very different. And that's all I have to say. Don't be fooled by Marxist propaganda because ultimately its goal is to turn all citizens against each other so that there's only suspicion and hostility between us. I don't know if you know a lot of Russians or people who lived in the Eastern Bloc, but I do. And after the Soviet Union fell, 
I I made a lot. Of, I have a lot of friends in New York, um, expatriates from Russia. And I bought my last car from a Russian couple. Whenever you asked them a question in the beginning, they would never give you a straight answer. Yeah. <laughs> Evading, avoid, avoiding, telling, telling the truth yeah. was a crime, and is a crime in communist countries. So, let us be careful. You know, learn to speak with a straight tongue. And I like to say, I have twenty twenty vision and a twenty twenty tongue, right? <laughs> and in the year 2020. <laughs> it's a perfect year for you then. Uh, it's been an odd year, Robert. It's funny because uh, I, I bought my, my new vehicle, which is now, I've had it for several months, from a Russian couple. And yeah. I've, yeah, I've dealt with Russians for a long time in the, you know, car industry. And, uh, you know, I've never had issues with Russians. I've dealt with people from Iran. In fact, mm -hmm. I worked uh, in a company, Florida Fine Cars, for a few years as a manager, and the owners were from Iran. And uh, never had any issues, really, with anybody in particular. They're very diverse. Uh, you know, in this country, that's what this is. This is the, what's beautiful about America. This is why everybody wants to come here. Because you can come here, you can start a business, you can prosper, you can make it. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what color you are. Again, the, you know, the whole white-black thing. That That's just used to the, to divide us. It's like religions, like uh, cults. Like, you know, right, right now, what's the big thing they're trying to push? Again, segregation. Oh, no, no, no. We want to have, you know, only black kids go down to black schools. Yeah, imagine Why? blacks pushing for segregation in our time. It, what the it, hell is that about? I mean, you know that's what? ridiculous. I um, I've announced this on the radio. I don't know why so many African Americans and Hispanics let themselves be labeled as black or people of color. I think that we need a new race on this continent. America is the melting pot. And I would say that fully half the African Americans that I know are half Caucasian or part Caucasian. Everybody's mixed. Nobody's pure anything. And I think that to alleviate the, the racial strain, the racial pressure, African Americans have to start looking at themselves, doing their own DNA analysis, go to Ancestry.com, Nothing will change your life more than finding out who you really are genetically and racially. And I think oh, it, it needs to do yeah, that. That's a great idea. A that's race, a great a idea. A new race on this continent, which involves people who are of mixed ancestry, Africans who are mixed with white Caucasians, uh, Hispanic. You know, you know, Robert. Real quick, though, you know how many uh, friends of mine that are, are labeled African American are even insulted by that term because they didn't. They weren't born in Africa, exactly. and uh, you know they were born exactly. here. Well, you, you know, know as, our, as far as I'm concerned, they're Americans. Well, we ha we already have a race, but yeah. But here's the thing: we have we have a we have a race already. Robert, hold on. Yeah, but. But no, no, if, 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 listen to me for a second. We already have a race in this world. It's called the human race. And we have to forget 
the divisions, the, the label is the black, white, Asians. No, we're all one human species. And we're all evol- we're evolved on this little blue marble. And we have to That's live together. That would be an ideal thing. But governments do not rule by unity they rule by divide and conquer that's the correct that's the problem and that's what they're trying to do to us but honestly i don't think that uh, the most african americans are are falling for it because most african americans they know their own history they've lived their own lives anybody anybody who's 60 years old knows how far african americans have come since the civil rights movement no one has made greater social progress in America than African Americans have made in the last 50 years. They're, they're highly educated, highly motivated, and the myth of racism falls apart, especially in New York, because it is not institutionalized racism. We never think about it until these loonies start demonstrating and start trying to divide us. And the leftist, the leftist progressives, as they like to call themselves, you know, they set themselves apart from African Americans and black people, and they use them, they use them as, as a political plantation. And I'm telling you, this election, Donald Trump is going to win the greatest landslide in American history, and the people who are going to give him that victory are African Americans who know the truth and who see the self-destructive path on which they are being led by the likes of George Soros, Antifa, and the so-called Open Society. Look, if the CHOP zone in Seattle didn't give you just a glimpse of how bad things can get here, if we allow the wrong people to take over this country, Mm-hmm. Then nothing will. Then you just have to look at Venezuela and, and say, okay, Venezuela times five or ten. That's what would happen here. And it's not pretty, folks. Look, I'm Cuban. I come from a country where it's still, even after the death of Fidel, it's still a shithole. It's still not a, unless you're a tourist with a lot of money to burn, mm-hmm. you're not going to go to good areas because there are none. Yeah. And that's that's my home country, on. unfortunately. I put an article on my Facebook page which was highlighting the fact that the BLM Marxists are extolling the virtues of Fidel Castro and Che Guevara. Yeah. And the fact is that Fidel Castro and Che Guevara hated black people. They executed and murdered Correct. hundreds and hundreds of Afro-Cubans. Why? because they did not want to buy into the revolution, because they supported the old government, or Batista, and they were loath to be re-indoctrinated. So, with great glee, um, one of their executioners was describing how Africans went to the firing squad, the Parejón, big, was either the, wall, El Muro, it, the, the police is called in Muro. I had one of my relatives uh, actually shot to death there for protesting the Cuban government. Mm-hmm. And in Muro is called the Wall, ironically yeah. enough. Uh, yeah. Now, let's fast forward a little bit from that time in, in when Castro took over to 1980 when the Mario Boatlift got here. When This is how I got here, Robert. And 
the only way that you could get on that boat was through two uh, two means. One, there's a lottery where about 20% of the people that got on that ladder on the lottery uh, were going to be allowed to get on one of the boats. The rest of the population that got on the boats were criminals that Castro allowed out of prison directly to go to America. Well, does so, this sound familiar? Wait a second. Let's, let's, let's review this. We're talking about a Marxist... This is historical Marxist. fact. Uh, I know you. Uh, absolutely. I'm with you. I was, I was watching everything as, uh, as everyone was. But here we have a historical precedent, but it's also a tactic. It's called using immigration as a weapon. And right. you pointed it out that the Muslim influx into the United States, was particularly under Obama, was an invasion intentionally uh, carried out to bring in a totally radically different group of people who believe in communism. Because Islam Correct. and communism are almost identical. As a matter of fact, when I made up the term communism to describe what China was doing in the 1990s, enlisting um, Muslim terrorists to the Marxist cause, I said, people don't understand what we're facing here. I call it communism. And I was really criticized between 1999 and 2001 as, you know, hate monger, religious fanatic. But as soon as 9-11 happened, I got started to get calls from all over the country and Europe saying, Robert, you know, we doubted you, but we now know you're right. You're right. And here it is. One year later, from his cave in Afghanistan, Osama bin Laden issued a fatwa. That's a religious order to his followers. And I memorized it because it was the validation of everything I'd been saying for the last, the previous three years. He said, I encourage all members of the Ummah to support communist insurrections wherever they may happen because Islam and communism are the same thing. So that's what we have here. We have a black Marxist movement and it's being driven by black Muslims. BLM. Just say that. BLM. It's now, isn't it exactly crazy that Obama studied under the brotherhood of uh, the Muslim Brotherhood of when course, he was young? I mean, that, I mean the, the, the people do not understand that? That he was conditioned to be president and to be the one on... And by the way, uh, not only uh, was he the one that allowed this to start happening, Robert, in 1980, the president was Democrat Jimmy Carter. Yeah. So this happened systematically under democratic rule. Mm -hmm. yes. Let's keep that in mind, people. Right. Well, let me finish this point. The whole movement, Black Lives Matter, is really a cover. It's only a new name over an old organization. Correct. It's black Muslims. People yeah. will object to saying, that, oh, no. Let me ask you, who is the Attorney General of Minnesota? Keith Ellison. Who was Keith Ellison before he was Attorney General? He was a congressman, but he couldn't run again because he was accused of raping a woman. So he bailed out of that and he, he shooed in to the Attorney General. But who was Keith Ellison before he went to Congress? Keith Ellison was the head uh -huh. of black Muslims in America. Yeah. 
Yeah. And a supporter of Antifa, by the way. Oh, yes. Listen. Yeah. They're both Marxist ideologues. They both preach hatred and race war. And that's what we all have to avoid because it's only a trap. It's a trap. And we shouldn't fall for it. And I don't really believe anybody is falling for it. I really believe that African Americans who have worked hard for their homes, their families, have a respectable, live in a respectable place, have a good job. They are not falling for this. They are not regressing. They are not going back um, into segregation. That's the worst thing of all, that these people are preaching segregation and, and they're preaching racial superiority, black superiority. I mean, when you're, you're demanding that people lie down, kneel down in the street and kiss, kiss your feet, what the hell do you think you're talking about, you know? And I think it's uh, disgusting that so many mind-controlled, self-loathing, self-hating whites are falling for this trap. And you know what it is? It's cowardice. Yeah. It's fear. They're just it's afraid. fear. Exactly. And in fact, I used that in one of my previous uh, shows that I, I appeared on. Uh, this It's funny because, you know, I'm a big Star Wars fan, right, Robert? You know that. Oh, too. Yeah. And uh, what's the uh, a very famous quote from The Phantom Menace that Yoda says? Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. And hate leads to suffering. Now, I understand those are movies set in a galaxy far, far away, but they're meant to reflect humanity. They're meant to reflect the actual things that we feel. The Force is the ever-living spirit that guides everything, right? That's yeah. in everything. Now, if you take that quote out of context, sorry, but that quote is very very, very accurate to what happens in this world, where we have fear that leads to anger, anger does lead to hate, and then there is suffering, and you see suffering like in what happened in the, to that father, Mr. Anderson, where he lost his son and chop. That's suffering. Absolutely. By the way, just as an aside, I want to tell you, um, Yoda is modeled on my own Tai Chi master, Professor Cheng Man Cheng. I taught Tai Chi uh, to the no. Muppets. From 1975 no to 1978, I taught the Count, Bert and Ernie, Jack the Lion, the Snuffleupagus. I taught them Tai Chi uh, for those years. And they were very important in my development, too. Jerry Nelson, who was uh, the front end of the Snuffleupagus, gave me the, the first chain that I had. And I gave him the book about Professor Chang, his book, um, Tai Chi Chuan, a simplified method of calisthenics that had some of his pictures in it. And Professor Cheng is a pretty wild-looking guy. He had a crew cut, and he had a slightly receding chin with long whiskers, and he wore long side whiskers, uh, like sideburns. And he had a small little nose and wide cheeks. And if you look up Professor Cheng Man Ching, C-H-E-N-G, M-A-N-C-H-I-N-G and just take one glimpse and you'll see they took his picture and they made Yoda the character 
modeled on a grand, the, grand, the world's greatest grandmaster of Tai Chi Chuan, and Yoda definitely proves himself to be that in the films, doesn't he? Oh, without a doubt. Uh, and it's amazing how, like, all these years later, and it's still the, it's still one of cinematically the greatest characters ever created, and it's a Muppet. I was very impressed <laughs> by the, the last Star Wars movie, the one with 3D. Really? Uh, which of the, uh, the Rise of Skywalker? It. I enjoyed it very much. Um, wow, you're one of the few. <laughs> the proud. I thought it really tied up uh, and linked up the stories very coherently. And I think, um, you know, America does need women heroes, heroines. Oh, no doubt. Uh, well, that's a completely different show, though. That uh, yeah, I know. We, if, we, if we get to Star Wars, we'll be here for three hours. True. Unfortunately. Oh, can I talk <laughs> about uh, current events? First of all, is this lane definitely being captured? Yes, actually, yeah. I wanted to. I wanted to spring into that because Giselle uh, Maxwell, or whatever her name is, Giseline, uh and, and it's funny because uh, you bring that up because that's actually. Uh, what I think part of like what's happening now is because of the Epstein suicide, you know, suicided, let's yeah. just say. And mm -hmm. I think th a lot of what's happening is to cover what what is about to explode when this woman starts naming names. Because right. there's people in Congress, there's people in Hollywood, people from the British family. I mean... A lot of names, Robert, on that list. Oh, some of them are on my Facebook page. The, the, flight, <laughs> yeah. the flight log, the flight log, uh, and guest list. You know, when when you fly in an airplane, the pilot has to put down on his flight log not yeah. only him but everybody and even the luggage, the amount of luggage that's on. So those flight logs have now been released, and some very famous people are on there. Uh huh. Uh, first and foremost. Bill the Devil with the blue, blue dress on Clinton. Okay? That's what I call him. Bill the Devil yes. with the blue dress on Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Bill I Gates. did not have sexual relations with that woman. With I just stuck woman. my cigar up her oh, tush. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's not good. Horrible. Horrible penis. Yes, my wife has a penis. Oh, my God. You know. Anyway, uh, other fun things, you know. Um... The mob is turning, as I said, you know, revolutions eat their own children. And we've had quite a few casualties in the last week. Um, what's his name? The bearded comedian on late night TV lost his show. Oh, uh, which one? They're, they're all getting axed. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel uh, lost Jimmy his Kimmel. gig. Jimmy yeah, he, he got canceled. Uh, uh, Ellen is about to get canceled. Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Elizabeth. got canceled. Well, Oprah deserves it because, look, Oprah's one of the biggest hypocrites. Yeah. And she's directly involved with not only uh, Epstein, but she's been involved with uh, Weinstein from, uh, uh, yeah, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, and, uh, face. I've seen the kissy face pictures. Of yeah, I mean, she, she's deeply involved with the, this whole pedophilia, human trafficking. And so that right when now, that explodes, Elisa folks, Milano. oh my goodness! Elisa yeah. Milano was the latest one. They found yeah. a, a blackface picture of her when she did some some parody of uh, Jersey Girls, and she played somebody named Snooky. Uh huh. And she got all uh, you know blackface, tanned. Yeah, 
Yeah, like super tan. Well, she was going like extreme, like Italian, super tan, Italian, like almost black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. the problem with, with, with her is she's also a hypocrite because look what happened with uh, General Flynn and and uh, Karvanov and all these people, right, that got accused and all this nonsense. And Karvanov faced, you know, the mud directly at his face yeah. where, with false accusations. And she was there literally in court. Saying the woman must be always taken, you know, uh, as as being correct. Be, she yeah. always must be correct. You know, she must be the one that is, you know, taken seriously in these things. And then as soon as I, Joe Biden started getting accused, oh well, you know, we have to let him have his day in court, and, and you know, we have to hear his side. Oh, convenient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what Let's happens to one of your face. guys? This is a wonderful. <laughs> See, this is what gives me faith in the American justice system. Despite all the corruption of the FBI, which is really now coming to the head, and this corruption, I mean, the corruption of the FBI. It's amazing. It's there's so rubber. many bodies and corpses in, in, in their closet. It really uh-huh. goes back to John F. Kennedy and his assassination. They covered it up. You know, they were oh, part of definitely. It. Oh, yeah. No so, doubt. So, uh, the the General Flynn case, let's talk about why Obama targeted General Flynn. The reason is that Flynn discovered that Obama and Clinton were making millions and millions of dollars in arms shipments to arm ISIS in Syria. The whole Benghazi disaster was over an arms deal that was closed by Ambassador Stevens with the Turkish ambassador. They had bought back shoulder uh, Stinger missiles, shoulder-mounted missiles, automatic weapons, all kinds of artillery that had been given to the rebels against Gaddafi. So then they had a buyback. And they took that all those arms and they sold them through Turkey to the ISIS, the caliphate. Because Obama and Clinton wanted to form the caliphate in Syria. So Flynn found this out and he found out about John Brennan, the CIA, Obama, Clapper, the NSA, the Clinton cabal, all were in cahoots in arms dealing. And we get back to another point. Uh, This is a side side point. It's a timely moment. This insanity about destroying statues. Where have we seen that before? It's, it's a common religious theme. We saw it in Afghanistan when the Taliban was blowing up those ancient Buddhist sculptures that were carved out of the mountain. We saw it in Iraq when they were demolishing all kinds of statuary, ancient and modern. And we saw it in Syria when ISIS started destroying and defacing every, uh, what's the term, graven images, right? Correct, Thou shalt yeah. not have any graven images, you know, second commandment. Right. That's, yep. all, that's all it's about. And no one is wackier about destroying statues than Muslims are, as evidenced by the Taliban, ISIS, Uh, the aftermath of the Iraqi uh, invasion, and now here. This is not American. 
destroying the statues of George Washington and Christopher Columbus, that's not American. That's black Muslim fanaticism. They are trying to create a new religion. That, let me warn you. There's kneeling in the streets. There's taking the knee. Now they're promoting, and the NFL is, says it's going to go along with it, a black national anthem? Yeah. <laughs> break, man. Yeah, it's funny because it, it, it was uh, originally called the Negro National Anthem, but I, I guess know. they can't use that word either, so now they renamed it to the Black National I Anthem. Know, I didn't know uh, where it came from. Yeah, and uh, I was listening to that earlier, and I'm like, are you serious? And now the national anthem, which is to unite the entire country, doesn't matter what color you are, now it's got to be the Negro or the Black National Anthem. Americans have no color. That's a fact. We have to remember that. And you know what? This thing, the label, African-American, that hyphen, right? We all used to be Americans. In the Kennedy era, we were all Americans. Nobody made a, a distinction. But after 1964, two people started to make distinctions. Lyndon Johnson chose to fractionalize and factionalize the races by introducing in the census African-American, but that was coined actually by Malcolm X. Malcolm X yeah. is the one who... who came up with the idea of African-Americans, and he was preaching back to Africa. You know, that, that was his, his message. However, right. the Johnson administration and every Democratic administration and Republican ones who inherited it, they started using the census, and now you were African-American, Italian-American, uh, European-American, Anglo. All of these terms are irrelevant. We are Americans. And you know what makes us Americans? The U.S. Constitution. If there is no U.S. Constitution, there are no Americans. That's why they want to destroy it, Robert. That's why they're going exactly. after your rights for better arms, your freedom of speech, everything. You have no rights anymore. I, I really despise hearing the jargon. I, I know it so well, you know. I'm 72 years old. And I lived through the Korean War, the Cold War, the Vietnam War, on and on and on. And throughout my life, I have studied history and I've studied communism and the jargon. So we hear the buzzwords. One of the buzzwords I really dislike is collective. Collective this, collective that. It's the same as collective farms, you know, in, in the <laughs> Union. That's the way it is, right? They stole yeah. all the farms from all the farmers. They enslaved all the farmers. They made giant industrial farms that were called collective farms. So this is now the jargon of the left. You are part of the collective. I'm not part of the collective. I'm part of the individual. And I don't think there's anybody... You and me and a handful of people know what it means to be an individual American. But so many people are insecure in being alone by themselves. They need the support of right. a tribe, a gang, of something, right? Right. And the collective is a nice sounding term, but it's a very evil term. Look at what collective farming did to China. It caused starvation of millions, at least 30 million Chinese people died of starvation after collective farming was introduced. And the China is a nation that had survived 5,000 years, right? Just with the farming right, yeah. that they had. 
Yeah. They change everything. They turn the world upside down. That's what they've done to us. Everything is topsy-turvy. There's no social order. You know, no, social right. distancing is not social order. Forcing no. masks on people. And they're all unconstitutional. Forcing, oh, yeah, yeah. The forcing of a mask on us is against the very first phrase of um, the Declaration of Independence. That all but here's the thing. This is just their way of proving that they have you under control. Your right. mind, your spirit, your body, your soul, everything. You're under their spell. You're under their control. Look how, you know, at the moment that this became an issue, Everybody right now bought toilet paper. Everybody was thinking of crap, I have, right? I have. I, I know we have seven things <laughs> left, but I want to give right. you some really good news. Despite the mania of the fake news talking about all the testing is revealing more positives, you know, thousands here, ten thousand there. The more testing you have, the more positives you're going to get. Correct. What, what they're avoiding is nobody's dying. We're not right. suffering mass death. We have therapies. We have cures. There's been a war against therapies and war against mm -hmm. cures because they want to prolong this. But, <coughs> excuse me. Robert, I, I have, by the way, I have lupus and I, and I have lup look, I have lupus and I've done hydroxychloroquine and now it just came out that that is actually helping a lot of people. The president was right. It's a prophylactic. Yeah. Hydroxychloroquine. In the quantities that they prescribe for malaria, coronavirus can't get you. But here's the Correct. good news that I have for you. All of these statistics that we're being blasted with, emphasizing the uh, positive uh, results of testing, folks, it reveals that herd immunity has already occurred. Correct. So many people have contracted it and are asymptomatic that... We are achieving herd immunity, and they're bending over backwards, going crazy. Oh, but Robert, here's the next one. Oh, but it mutates. It's going to mutate. It's mutating. Now it's like seven mutations later. That's the way they're going to always scare people. Mutations. Yeah, but the mutation always goes in a weaker direction. It doesn't generally get stronger. It gets weaker. But the average person doesn't know that that's the problem. <laughs> I, I call this thing a scamdemic because we've all been scammed. And the biggest scammer is Dr. Fakey. That's the name I've given to Dr. Anthony Fauci. Uh-oh. I call him Dr. Fakey. He gave $3.7 million. He gave uh, $3.7 million dollars to China to conduct criminal <laughs> yeah, yeah. research on the coronavirus. In, in the, in the Wuhan lab, right? Right directly in Wuhan. Right, and he gave yeah. $3.7 million to the Wuhan laboratories to yeah. conduct gain-of-function research on coronavirus, which had been criminalized here in the United States. He's going down, man. The president yeah. already knows this. I've sent it to so many news stations and the president and his son and the... Uh, Pentagon and the FBI. This is how you do it, folks. You have power. When you find out something, tell the right people. That computer in front of you is immense power. Use it. Use it for the good. Yes, and, indeed. And, and remember, it's all going to blow over. And after the election, these criminals are going to come to justice. The worst one, Bill Gates. As I said this afternoon in my show, Angel, if I said to you, hey, Angel, 
I'm, I'm planning to do a mass murder. I'm going to kill a hundred people and I'm planning it. It's, I'm, I'm really planning it. I want to get a hundred people. Man, I'd be arrested so quickly. I'd be yeah. thrown in a clink or a mental institution so fast you'd never hear of me again. But Bill, <laughs> exactly. Gates, but Bill Gates announced in 2015 that his goal was to reduce the human population, the global human population by 10 to 15 percent by 2030. It's now 2020, and he's on the fast track. Here's what it means. If I say to you, you know, 15% and you think of a dollar, you think 15 cents. That's nothing. But when you think of 7.8 billion people on planet Earth and think about 10% of 7.8 billion people, that's 780 million people. Divide that by half. That's 5%. Add those two and you get an idea of how many people Bill Gates plans to kill by 2030 to reduce the world population by 10 to 15%. At 15%, Bill Gates will have to kill 116 million people per year to achieve his goal by 2030. And he made the most amazing Amazing prediction. He, he said, well, we predict that about 75,000 people will die from the vaccine. And then the, this is the clincher, folks. Bill, uh, Bill Gates announced this week that he thinks that African-Americans, black people, should be the first to get the vaccine. There you go. Oh, Robert, we have to we have to go. We have uh, Kaiser's Talk Radio coming up in a couple of minutes. But okay. please tell everybody where they can listen to you uh, weekly. I know you have uh, a lot going right. on. Yes, I do. A weekly, I have a Sunday show at three o'clock Eastern. Yes, it's on Revolution Radio. The link is freedomslips.com. Freedom's Lips, not Freedom Slips. Freedom's Lips. Think of kissing the Statue of Liberty. Freedom's Lips. Ah, there you go. Com. Okay, and that's Studio A. And we're going to have one on Studio B starting Mondays tomorrow at 10 o'clock. So thank you very, very much nice. for having me on. It's a pleasure to speak to you again. We're brothers in arms. We love each other, and we love America. I love you, my friend. And uh, I want you to come back uh, more and more, especially with the events that's happening. You're always uh, somebody that I love having on the show. And I love uh, interacting with you because you tell it the way it is, folks. And, you. uh, and you'll come on my show, too. Okay. Whenever you need me, whenever you want me on there, you know, I drop everything to be on your show, so you just Thank let me know. You are. This is, this is the great Robert D. Morningstar, folks, uh, gentleman and a scholar and uh, one of the uh, the, the best uh, that, I, that I've ever spoken to, and I'm talking about human beings. And okay. uh, please listen to his show and uh, check him out. We have to go now. Unfortunately, uh, if not, I'll be here for another 10 hours talking to Robert. But uh, Kaiser's Talk Radio is coming up next. Uh, oh, please stick around. That's our boy, right? You know Kaiser. You know Kaiser. Hey, give me a call, man. <laughs> Kaiser's Talk Radio, guys. Take a listen. He's uh, on right now.